Welcome to Killing JFK for 400, a podcast that looks at why Lee Harvey Oswald did not kill President John F. Kennedy. I've been quite a while without doing a podcast, at least on this topic. I have a number of other podcasts that I do, but as I popped back to this one, people are actually listening. I don't know if that means you think I'm doing a good job or doing a terrible job or not, but um, ever since the mid-80s, I've been fascinated by the topic, and I'm just going to continue on with from where I went without even doing any too much homework on what I had done before. One of the things that is fascinating to me of the entire Kennedy assassination topic is how many dovetails there can be. What does Tim mean by a dovetail? You're going along following something, and then all of a sudden, there's a sharp veer to the right, a sharp veer to the left, a sharp veer to your shin, or whatever. It's like, huh, I hadn't even really thought of that. And you read this thing that you'd never even heard of. And all of a sudden, this thing becomes more interesting than the other stuff you've been paying attention to. And having honest-to-goodness sources is huge. Absolutely huge to have honest-to-goodness sources. Because here's the thing with it. Here's the thing with it. Somebody, Sylvia Mahar, Sylvia Mar, however you want to say it. Her research was absolutely crucial, especially at the time. After the entire uh, <laughs> Oswald didn't do it crew realized her stuff ought to be committed to memory, then it became time for the next batch of people to come out with things. And as you continue to go on with the JFK assassination thing, the JFK assassination thing, more things become um, available apparent. Now, one thing I ran into about, I'm going to say, 10 years ago, I'm off in my timing. When I say 10 years ago, I could mean three years ago. I could mean 17 years ago. But 10 years ago, eh, something like that. About 10 years ago, probably a bit more than that, I don't know. But 10 years ago, people were examining the videotapes of the assassination. Zap Bruder film or whatever. Um photographs photographs just a photograph of a car along the procession route a photograph of a car along the procession route how oh what was the um how mundane can that even possibly be you have a photo of you you're not and the thing is they weren't looking at the windows and trying to find killers hiding in the windows what they were comparing was 
This just absolutely blew my mind. Here's what I'm seeing in the chrome of the car, in the reflection of the car, and how that compares to the people that are on the street. And sometimes, da-da-da-da-da-da, it didn't match up. Makes no sense. How can you be looking at a mirror and what the mirror indicates is a uh, reverse image of... <sighs> so it got to be really interesting. Eventually, I headed on to other topics, rightly or wrongly. But my thing of today is I'm quite enjoying the Mary Farrell Foundation. Uh, the, the Mary Farrell... Uh, MaryFarrell.org. Mary... I think that's what it is, maryferrell.org. I think it is. I think it is. And one of the things that um, I heard about, heard mentioned, was a magazine, a publication, the fourth decade magazine. That's not the title of it, but it's pretty close. Fourth, fourth decade. Hang on a second. The Fourth Decade. Type in The Fourth Decade into maryferrell.org and you will have a number of episode, uh, number, number of magazines downloaded for you to read at your leisure. Two o'clock in the morning, three in the afternoon, whatever works best for you. And they're all articles that the person who took the time to write the article already knows what they're talking about. They already know what they're talking about. Maybe the entire article is something you already know. Maybe the entire article is something you don't care about. Maybe it's something that, oh, that's already been debunked or whatever. But usually, 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 if you have a good enough periodical and you have seven or eight different independently written articles by people who have all done research and are trying to educate their public, something in those podcasts, no, podcasts, oops, articles might well be of use. So the fourth decade, I don't know what is there, about 70, 60, 70 articles, or 60 or 70 different episodes, something like that. Some of you are hollering at your phone and it's all good. Um... No, you can go through and read. Oh, okay, this looks kind of interesting. This looks kind of interesting. And I've run into on the Mary Farrell, on maryferrell.org under the fourth decade some fascinating stuff that I had no idea of. And I'm coming from a, let's put it this way, if I were a soccer team, trying to win a soccer match. You know how it is, 45 minutes in the first half, 45 minutes in the second half, penalty time added or not added on both halves. I, I, I'm basically the team that's down 8 to nothing, 8 to nil, 8 nil, 42 minutes into the second half. I'm not going to catch up. I'm not going to catch up with the smart people. I'm not going to catch up with the people who have been doing this, who have been re who have libraries full of all the different books. Yeah, I got the Harvey and Lee, I got the this, I got the that, I got the you know, 
80 different JFK books. Oh, I think I'm going to go out and buy this. I'm not there. I'm not there. I'm not going to ever be there. Number of different reasons for that. But with the fourth decade, I'm having the opportunity to read well-written articles by people who know what the heck they're talking about. And what usually ends up happening with me, you read about five articles, and one of them is, hmm, that's really good. That's really well done. And I've had two of them in the third episode. Uh, year one, episode three, um, volume three. Year one, volume three. I've had two articles that are absolutely fascinating. And this podcast is looking like it's going to be a bit longer than the others. But um, so it goes sometimes. And the first article was on 511, 411 Elm Street. 411 Elm Street, which, as you may well know, is the address for the Texas School Book Depository. 411 Elm Street. What was its history? What was its provenance? What was it back before it was what it eventually became known as? And honestly, the article is absolutely fantastic. And it is absolutely available online. So go to maryferrell.org and look up the third, boy, I think it's the third episode. But if it's not the third um You'll probably find something in the third, um, in the third volume that works perfectly well for you. Because again, depending upon where you're coming from, depending upon what you're looking for, depending upon what your angle is, the fourth decade will probably have something that works for you. I'm going to take a breath now and say, I, you, you guys have absolutely. I have other podcasts that I do, and this one is kind of lie dormant for a while. And uh, I came back, it's like, wow, that many people have actually listened to this? I don't know if I'm any good or not, and I know that the people who are paying attention to the JFK assassination are probably, oh man, he's just running over stuff that I already know, and I do apologize for that. But what I'm trying to locate is stuff that can that, frankly, keep me interested in doing things because there's so many things that I used to like to do that I don't like to do anymore. And at least with the JFK assassination, if I can learn something about the JFK assassination, and maybe, 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 maybe one or two of the people of you who are listening to this podcast are, huh, I'm actually learning something. Then maybe I'm actually doing some good. Okay, so the provenance of 411, it was... A, for a long time, it was a grocery store supply, sort of. This was in the 50s, before the days of flatbed trucks. Before the days of flatbed trucks. And 
to store a whole bunch of canned beans or canned vegetables or canned pineapples. You needed a whole bunch of space. You needed a huge bunch amount of space and that building fit the bill. It did absolutely what was necessary. And around, around about 1961, 1962 into 1963, it changed from a holding place for groceries to a holding place for books. There had been, across the street at the Daltex building, for a long time, there had been a lot of books over there. Some of the, a lot of the books were brought from the Daltex building over to the TSBD. And in the process of upgrading the, I'm leaving out a lot of stuff. Go read the article. Go read the article. Go read the article. In the process of updating, some very curious decisions were made. Curious, curious, curious decisions were made. There were three ways to go from the bottom floor to any floor above. And as you probably well know, there are seven floors. You could go from the bottom floor to the next floor up with the front elevator. Hop in the front elevator, go up, you go from the basement floor or the first floor to the first floor or the second floor, depending upon if you look at floors from a European or an English, uh, English-American sort of fashion. The first elevator, first floor to the second floor, you're great. First floor to the fourth floor, you're screwed. You're not going to get it done. To go from the first floor to the fourth floor, which might seem like a really important thing with a whole bunch of books, no? Um, to go from the first floor to the fourth floor, there was a separate elevator, kind of in back. So, um, you know, a different corner of the facility. And you could take that up to the fourth floor on an elevator, but no higher. You couldn't go to the sixth floor on the elevator. You couldn't go to the fifth floor on the elevator. And these decisions were made in 1962 or 1963. We're going to have an elevator in this building, but the elevator is not going to go to the top floor that is our chosen decision. Does that seem a bit odd to you? We're going to have money, uh, we're going to have the ability to take the elevator from the basement floor to the fourth floor, but no higher. Seems odd to me, seems very odd to me. If I were trying to trip out a building, I would want this elevator to go one to seven, that elevator to go one to seven, and that other thing to go one to seven. All of them, all of them, all of them, all of them. But despite having a warehouse where having pellet jacks and moving heavy books 
no, we don't want to have access to all the floors for all the people. That was the corporate decision. So that's two of the ways you can go up the floors. And just to remind you, there's three ways you can go. One can take you from the first floor to the second floor. The second method can take you from the first floor to the fourth floor. Then there's the rickety elevator, or the, there's the rickety steps. There's the rickety steps that supposedly after um, Lee Harvey Oswald shot the president, supposedly he didn't, um, he ran down these steps and made it to the second floor where a Dallas police officer saw him and got really upset until the uh, Roy truly said, no, 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 it's all good, he works here. So, in the interim of, well, we have this brand new, uh, we have this newly renovated building, and in this newly renovated building, you can't get to the seventh floor, sixth floor, fifth floor, sixth floor, the seventh floor, and either of the two elevators have to take up the rickety old steps is basically don't go there don't go we, we we don't want you there there is no reason for you to be there there were 69 um employees of the texas school book depository and realistically very few of them had any even reason to be on the fourth on the fifth floor the sixth floor, the seventh floor. There were some office buildings for school book manufacturers. Um, they got along famously together and went out to drinks, da-da-da, whatever. And it was about half um, clerical workers, well, half office people and half others, half others. And the, even the... A lot of the other people, there was no reason for them to be on the fifth or sixth or seventh floors at all, ever, at any point. Again, seems kind of odd. After it all went down, as in the article, incidentally by William Weston, I was just checking. That's the, the author's name. Did a very good job. He went through. This is what it was. This is what it became. This is the. These are the changes that were made, etc., etc. After the assassination, it was strongly encouraged, or possibly a bit more than that. Don't talk about this to anyone. Anything you know, don't talk about it to anyone, including members of your family. William Weston's article is fantastic. It's educational. Um, it kind of reminds me of another angle. Um which will be in another article. But yeah, I want to do podcasts on... Here's an article I ran into. Here is a something I ran into, and I think it's fascinating. Go look it up. 
So um, look up the fourth decade on maryfarrell.org and the William Weston article on 411 Elm is amazing. And I learned a lot. And about halfway through this podcast, I realized, you know what? I'm going to save the next article for another podcast. Whenever I run into an article, whenever I run into something that educates me, I'm going to come back and talk about it here on the podcast, on a different podcast, on a new podcast. I know a lot of you are well beyond me as far as the educational thing regarding the Kennedy assassination. But there's one thing I'm keeping in mind, one thing I'm keeping in mind that I'm going to try to have as a bit of a guidepost. A bit of a guidepost. I know I am not elite on doing this sort of research. I'm not. However, I have nieces, I have a nephew, there are a whole bunch of people who their entire idea of what music is, is what's on Top 40 Radio right now. Their entire idea of what music is, is what is on Top 40 Radio right now and what has been on Top 40 Radio since they've been following music. And it's really amazing to see people who, when they finally do a little bit of research beyond the obvious, beyond the basic, and look into, for instance, videos of music from the 80s or the 60s or the 30s and they realize oh my goodness there's information out there that i don't know about to see the look in someone's eyes when they finally realize oh my goodness this song um parenthetically that tim has enjoyed for the past 50 or 60 years not quite 60, uh, it's fantastic and I love it and my eyes are lighting up because I've never heard this before and this is amazing music. There are things that I might run into that you haven't run into yet. Probably because you are young at this. You are new at this. You are a developing researcher. You are trying to find answers to something that it doesn't quite entirely make sense to you yet. When I see people actually listening to my podcasts, when I see people actually listening to my podcasts, that stuns me. And I appreciate you guys listening. And I think it's time to dip back into a bit of a prior article from the same episode of The Fourth decade, fourth decade being the 60s was the first decade, the 70s was the second decade, the 80s was the third decade, and the 90s were the fourth decade, The and the 90s are when the fourth decade was in publication. Um, it reminds me of a, a lot of another sort of a magazine that I used to be very into. Um, but yeah, you have a number of different people who are doing their research, their assessments, their looks at whatever. If you happen to decide, if you happen to decide 
to respond to me ever. I certainly would appreciate it. There is the way you can comment through the Anchor website, uh, through the Anchor concept. Um, I'm on Twitter at Tim815. And the entire how can we get to a point where things can be more easily understood, more easily explained? Um, if you have someone's attention for five minutes, how can you push, uh, not push, um, promote the concept of, hey, you know, this is kind of wrong, what happened? Thanks for stopping by. And be sure to check out Weston's article on 411 Elm. And if you see another article out in your universe on the Internet, I'm not going to go out and spend 18 bucks for all the books, or well, for, for this book, and then 28 for that book, and then 43 for this book, and 76 for this. If you see an article that, hey, Tim, look into this. It would make a cool podcast. Let me know. I love having responses from people who, hey, here's a cool idea go with this, or at least consider going with it. Um, this only... The government is only held accountable if the citizenry holds them accountable. And Kennedy being assassinated, whatever you thought of his politics, was absolutely horrible. Thanks for stopping by. I will have another Killing Kennedy podcast quite soon. Thank you very much.